Welcome, everyone, back to Wrestling With Attitude. Wonderful. <laughs> Episode number 17. And today, we are at the end of April, almost into May 2022, getting ready for Backlash. And in that vein, we are, well, uh, excuse me first, uh, I would like to welcome my guest host nick coleman nick how you doing i am doing wonderful excited to review one of the best b shows like ever right now it's gonna be great absolutely so as i was saying getting ready for backlash this year we decided to review backlash 2000 Mm -hmm. and i i'll say this right off the the get-go for a follow-up show uh, to Mania 2000, or they call it WrestleMania 2000, really WrestleMania 16, yeah. um, I was pretty damn impressed. I kind of think looking at this card, this would have made a better WrestleMania than the actual <laughs> WrestleMania. Yeah, um, that's something to... We we haven't reviewed WrestleMania 2000 yet, but considering that fell in between... Uh, 15 and X7, and with an injured Austin that year, a little underwhelming. It was um, a rough... There was, I think there was one singles match, which was Terry Runnels versus the Cat. I could <laughs> be wrong. Quick little Google shirts, but I think I remember that being the only singles match on the show. I'm going to look it up. According to Wikipedia, yes, that is that was the only... It was a cat fight with Val Venus as the special guest referee. Oh, times were so much different. Times were so different. <laughs> so much so. Uh, so Backlash 2000 took place April 30th of the year 2000. Now, I, I get kind of thinking about this. I believe I was in the fourth grade around 10 years old. Wonderful. And you were, what, negative how many years? Negative April. So I would be negative seven. Negative this seven? This show happened. This took place in Washington, D.C., the MCI Center. Fantastic crowd all night. Really, really good crowd. Really D.C.'s good. always been a pretty pretty oh, yeah. good wrestling crowd to yeah. begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, 19,101 in attendance, which is a pretty good attendance for an arena. Um, for you know, no, show, no stadium. Right. The, year, the week after Mania, or the month after Mania. Right. And I also think there was something, I can't remember, the buy rate, I remember, was significantly close to WrestleMania. I have those in my notes as well. Yep. Um, so this pay-per-view did six, 60, I can't speak, 650,000 pay-per-view buys. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, to put it into perspective, we're looking at 19-1 attendance, 650 pay-per-view buys a month before mania 19.7 um so only 600 more in attendance yeah. uh in in the arena and 824,000 pay-per-view buys so the pay-per-view buys didn't really drop that much no, considering especially considering it's mania to a b show yes and it you know a month later usually things typically cool off as far as viewership for yeah. a little stretch which and, i feel like people are always going to pop in for mania because it's mania like right like for example i don't really watch football but i always watch the super bowl kind of things like that and i feel like they were also promoting rock and triple h as the main event and they were promoting stone cold to be there which was like huge for the buy rate right yeah so it, it, but also this was the attitude era. It was there wasn't a lot of cool off um, no. going on back no, then. No, there wasn't because everything was so hot. But there but was. you're right. Even this year, we we did our whole uh, WrestleMania weekend and we did the the review after. I've kind of 
taken a little time off. I, I've kept up with some things going on, but sometimes you need a breath of fresh air, especially after a, a major, uh, basically the Super Bowl of wrestling. And yeah. um, well, I'll just fill you in. Everything that's going on is just WrestleMania again. Backlash this year uh, is. Mad Cat Moss vs. Happy Corbin is happening. Other than that, every single match is a WrestleMania rematch. I kind of don't... Actually, excuse me, just last night they announced Roman Reigns and McIntyre. No, Roman Reigns and the Usos vs. RK-Bro and Drew McIntyre instead of the tag title unification that everyone wanted. So, uh, Well, I mean, they're going to drag that. No, like, I feel like bit. that might be a SummerSlam thing. I don't know. I don't, if they can drag it out that long, maybe. They are doing their first show in the UK in, I think, September. They are, I yes. I think McIntyre could be fighting Roman by that time, but we'll see. That'll be interesting. Uh, I'd kind of almost like him to take the WWE belt off him keep the reign of the universal title that could go on for a long time yeah so I mean if you keep that going um because it'll be what two and a half years by the time they get to Mania 39 yeah just about and if they did set up a rock Roman that could be what you know they're saying rock and Roman at Mania 39 which I don't think needs the title but if it does that's for sure going to be a huge money match it certainly doesn't need a title but it would be kind of cool that uh um, yeah, Rock could be like chasing one more title and Roman could like Mania 39's in Hollywood. I think that'd be a cool story. Roman saying like he's going to lay the rock to rest in the place he betrayed wrestling with. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be a cool story, but we'll see. We'll cross that bridge when we come. Yeah, to- it might early 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 prediction on that is i think that's gonna happen they've already hinted it a little bit i think yeah they did that young rock episode with roman like tackling the rock or something yeah i feel like that i i feel like it's gonna happen reports are saying that they want to build roman as the greatest of all time and i think beating the rock is a good way to get there yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. well uh another thing a little spoiler there was i saw bleacher report leaked uh, footage of, I believe it was a house show, Roman, uh, yes, he mentioned I saw The that. Rock, and it that. was something subtle, just, like, he was talking about, you know, this guy and that guy wants to get some, oh, and The Rock can get some too. Yes. Um, so they're subtly laying groundwork for that. I think they will. Um, so again, and what's going on in today's world, I think that would be about as big as they can get. I think it'd be bigger than Lesnar and, and Roman, simply because we've already seen it a hundred times. I don't so. want to see Roman fight Lesnar ever again. Oh, let's hope not. They've had one good match at Mania 31, which was great, to be fair. But other than that, like, it just doesn't work. They just don't have good chemistry. They, they just, they had one really good match. But other than that, I feel like none of their matches are that good. The chemistry, yeah, you're right. It's yeah. not great. I mean, I know they had the Heyman storyline going, but. Yeah, they could have blown that off at somewhere else yeah really or added hell in a cell which was a rumor and then they just never did it would have been cool but sure would have been well we've gone off topic real quick we, we certainly have Not we're even seven minutes in we are talking about roman reigns had a show it, that it, took place in 2000 it wouldn't be a wrestling with attitude podcast without going way it's off it's all topic. right listen that's what that's the beauty of podcasts it'll happen seven more times before it absolutely done. will so the major storyline um, going into Backlash 2000, now coming off the main event of Mania, was uh, the fatal four-way of uh, Rock, Triple H, Big Show, Mick Foley. Uh, Triple H came out victorious uh, a month prior at Mania. With Vince turning on, who was it? 
who was Vince? I think it was the, they did the McMahon in every corner thing. They was, did. Yes. Yeah, it was Stephanie was in Triple H's corner and Vince went in in the Rock's corner, and, I think. It and wound up ultimately yes, turning on, on the Rock. Rock. And for the fir- I think that was the first time a heel won in the main event. It was. I have that in my notes. It yeah. took so after 15 consecutive babyface winners, yeah. a main uh, you know, winning main events at, at Mania, yeah. Triple H was the first heel to to, I mean, it makes sense. So. If it has to be somebody, why not Triple H? Certainly, yeah. So really, this storyline was the McMahon-Helmsley whole era coming yeah, in, into the, play. The beginning of the McMahon-Helmsley regime, one of the biggest stories in wrestling history. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so that was the big thing going on, uh, as well as many other uh, key uh, programs happening. That was the highlight. And, and the... As you had mentioned, returning Stone Cold Steve Austin off of injury, the hype of him coming back was also a huge factor as well. So he was uh, in the Rock's corner, or supposedly in the Rock's corner. Yeah, so during the video package, they said that Linda McMahon, who was like something, she had some power, she said that it's uneven and she's going to put someone in the Rock's corner and it's going to be Stone Cold. But the story throughout the night is Vince saying, no, Stone Cold's not going to be here. That was kind of the running story. There was a lot of video packages. Yes. Uh, I mean, backstage segments throughout the night. And it was... Well, we'll talk about what happened. <laughs> right. Once we get but to but you're right. Like, at one point, uh, there was a backstage with Vince, and he said something about... Um, Someone called that travel issues. Travel issues. Yeah. And, you know, nobody had seen him yet. Yeah. Um, and so on and so forth. Ongoing story, which, again, um, before we carry on, which was what I loved about how they wrote shows back then, mm-hmm. was that there was always, you took the big story and it was ongoing through the event. Oh, I love that so Whether much. it was Monday Night Raw or a pay-per-view or whatever. I, I love during this pay-per-view, like after this pay-per-view, just spoiler alert, it was so good, I watched the next pay-per-view after this. <laughs> um, and, Vengeance? Uh, Judgment Day. Judgment Day, okay. Yeah. So I watched the next pay-per-view and both of them, like th- the main event had such a big story going into it, there were several backstage stage vignettes throughout the whole night to build up and add story and i really like that and i wish they would do something like that like today absolutely yeah Yeah, it's just it feels more today like the layout is kind of like i guess you could say like an mma card where it's you know you know uh match one goes on match two goes on match three goes on and so on and so forth but this felt not a lot of tying story together as well as they used to. Yeah, this felt like a really this felt like a good show because there was before they even started talking about things like sports entertainment. This felt like a good mix of good in-ring wrestling and good sports entertainment. This show did. Overall well put together card in Very that much regard. So. Sure. Uh commentary team as always JR and Jerry the King Lawler at this time. Backstage Wonderful. interviewers Jonathan Coachman and Michael Cole. <laughs> With his frosted tips. Frosted tips, tips Michael Cole. <laughs> oh, you know, God, straight out the late 90s, early 2000s. <laughs> oh, God. And uh, ring announcer Lillian Garcia, who was young in her career at this point. I know. I was kind of surprised to see her here. But uh, that being said, leading into uh, the match number one, oh, Lillian did not. Uh, yeah, this <laughs> was a little painful. <laughs> Lillian was not the ring announcer for match one as... Uh, I, I was thrown off when the music hit because it was Jeff Jarrett's music and out comes Deborah McMichael. <laughs> now, at this point, I didn't go back and look into but I know damn well that Jeff Jarrett already had his uh, pissing contest with Vince and left for WCW. Yes. Apparently, Deborah did not follow suit. Yes. And for whatever reason, she 
was the ring announcer for well, match number someone one. Someone used Hulk Hogan's theme song during this, so uh, I don't they, think WWF was too worried about WCW at this time. No, not at all. <laughs> so Deborah McMichael comes down. She's uh, ring announcer for some reason. It was it was oh it was bad. It was really really she, bad. As as um a beautiful of a woman as Deborah was certainly didn't have the voice of a ring no. announcer. Oh no, she didn't. Um unfortunately. So uh opening match DX which consisted of X-Pac and the Road Dog mm-hmm. took on a uh, Young Edge and Christian who were coming in as champions for this yes. match. A uh, good match. I liked it. I think it was good. It was kept pretty short. I have the time according to Wikipedia was eight thirty seven, which I think is sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Pretty short. Crowd was really really hot for DX and stuff. Tori was at ringside. She did good as a manager. Edge and Christian are great. One of the best tag teams like ever. And I don't think I've seen too much of Road Dog and X Pac being the representatives for DX before, and they mm-hmm. did good. I think it was a good opener. Yeah, solid. Um, I believe at this point, Billy Gunn had branched out as a singles competitor already. Uh, obviously, Triple H was had branched off, and they were kind of left yeah, together to do this for a short spell. Was it this year or the year prior that Billy Gunn won King of the Ring? That was 99. Yeah. Uh, that started, he won King of the Ring. They gave him a rivalry with The Rock yeah, going into SummerSlam. Resulted in a, I was going to say, resulted in a SummerSlam match. Yeah, yeah. Uh. so they got a little too hot with Billy. I love Billy, but I think they got a little too high on him uh, too quick, maybe? Yeah. But regardless, Road Dog had nothing to do. X Pac was left with nothing. Um, so this worked temporarily, yeah. putting them together. The match itself, uh, very back and forth for, uh, I don't know, the first half. It became, uh, they kind of singled out Christian, um, which DX worked him leading to a hot tag on edge which was kind of weird because edge and christian went in as the heels and dx as the baby face but tory was cheating for dx and then yeah edge and christian the hot tag spot so kind of weird well it, it is uh typically but again attitude era stuff there yes obviously there was heels and faces but a little bit less um like typical um you know if there was an opportunity for a baby face to you know hit somebody with a steel chair you'd get a pop yeah you know sure. very heel move but yeah. at that point in time who cared i mean i don't even think, <laughs> i don't think anybody was paying attention to no, that i don't even think guys like stone cold i wouldn't honestly define him as a face i think he was just so cool that anti, well he was really anti-hero yeah was that was his thing the bad guy you absolutely loved Yes, um, so much. Um, yeah. yeah. But we'll talk more about him later. But um, yeah, good match, good opener. The ending was, um, uh, let me see, In I can't. So um, Edge and Christian, they did get the win after Tori was, like, distracting. Um, Road- Tori and Road Dog were kind of distracting Christian outside, which allowed Edge to hit. Cri- um, it was Christian hit X-Pac. It was Christian. Christian hit X-Pac and oh, got okay. the pin. Well, my notes are a little off here. Yep, so I guess uh, with, with the ring bell. That's right, it was the ring bell. So my notes are a little off here, but I guess 
Uh, Edge was fighting Road Dog outside the ring. Tori got involved, which allowed uh, Christian to hit X Pac in the head with a ring bell, which busted led, him wide open. Which busted him open, and the mat just had blood on it for the rest of the night, which was weird. Uh, but Edge and Christian got the win. Good match. I've given it three stars out of five. I think I'm close good, to you. I get three point seven. Oh, sorry, two point seven five. I think it was a good match. Not a perfect five star or anything, but I I liked it. it was Sol- solid opener. Yeah, Edge um, and Christian. Was this? Do you? know off the top of your head was this edge and christian's edge and christian's first title reign as tag champion it very well could have been i would almost guess that it was right here because i know the month prior they won it in the first tlc match or was that a ladder match i can't remember i think that one was just a ladder because it was SummerSlam this year where they had tlc one and then maniac seven was tlc two Two, yes i believe that first one was X, uh, yeah, Mania 2000 just listed it as a triangle ladder match. And so, I think it was their first title reign. Mm. It probably sure. was. because They won so many, it's hard to keep track. At, at that point, I'm guessing somewhere mid to late 99, they broke off uh, from the brood and kind of left yeah. Gangrel. Yes. I, I don't even know what Gangrel, Gangrel did after to that, to be eternal honest. Eternal mid-card. Did he even did Gang, when did Gangrel leave? Do you have I any? Have no idea. I I can't tell. you. Like after the brood, I have no memory. I just of, read a report that Edge wants uh, him to come in and do something with his Judgment Day faction, but yeah. I didn't even know Gangrel wasn't still in WWE, so I really don't know much about him. Yeah, but, he kind of just faded. Yeah. And the brood was cool. Their theme song is great, but other than that, yeah, you know, Gangrel's. He's Gangrel. We'll leave it at that. Exactly. Yeah. So good match. Three stars. It was, I think we can both agree, it was pretty average opener. Good good way to start the show, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. Match number two was for the light heavyweight championship. Well, now, hold on, hold on. Huh? Real, real what quick. Happened? Real quick for about 40 seconds, if that. The huh? Rock pulls up in a limo. That's right. With the his $500 Hawaiian shirt looking That's real right. good. It was it, that was kind of a little teaser. Everybody's thinking, "Oh, Austin's going to arrive. Austin's going to yeah. arrive." Oh, well, it's still the Rock. Okay, it's still the Rock. They're like so upset, that, but then they're like, "Oh no, it's the Rock." So, so that was cool. real quick in between yeah, uh, matches. Quick. I I even noted backstage statements. I didn't even note that, but real quick, great pop from the crowd. Yeah. Match number two was for the light heavyweight championship: Dean Malenko versus Scotty Too Hotty. Uh, great match. I mean, yeah, we were just that. talking before we started recording and how um, surprising. How surprisingly good this wound up being. So now the light heavyweight championship was very short run. Very and it was like basically. 97 to what? 01 when they got the cruiserweight title? Yeah, I they think. Might have yeah. had it. A li- I'm going to look up real quick. Because this was the WWF's version of the cruiserweight yes, title. because people liked WCW's cruiserweight wrestling. They're like, okay, we'll do that. <laughs> right, because WCW really did that first in the in the States on a big level. Yeah. Uh, bringing in luchadors. You know, you had, you know, WCW did it. They brought in some talent from Japan, some from Mexico, added a new style of smaller guys with their high-flying maneuvers labeled cruiserweights. Yes. This was kind of a knockoff. There, the division wasn't as deep, for no, sure. No, it was not. But I did like the WCW division. That's where Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Jericho, they all got their start in the WCW Cruiserweight division. A lot of talent in that division. Yeah. And uh, speaking of which, Dean Malenko came from that crop of talent. Dean Malenko did. One of the best technical wrestlers of all time. Just sinfully underrated is Dean Malenko. Absolutely. So this contest con- uh, consisted of Dean Malenko as the champion coming in uh, versus... The state of Maine's own 
Yes. Scotty too hottie. Represent of all time. Representing too cool. <laughs> yes, I just one thing I noted during this match was how much I love Jim Ross saying Grandmaster Sexay. I don't know <laughs> what it was. He just kept talking about how Grandmaster Sexay wasn't here. Well, with his accent, the way he said Sexay. <laughs> oh God. Grandmaster Sexay. Yeah, he said something about how Grandmaster Sexay wasn't here, and Scotty too hottie had to do it on his own. And um, this was a really good match. I liked it. So they gave him just, it was just under 12 minutes, 11.47. Heal Dean Malenko, which was something we hadn't seen really a lot of prior in his WCW run. He was very white meat baby face. um, Legendary technical wrestler was really his character. Um, Match started off a little back and forth. Scotty Tuhati a little showboating. Uh, which led to Malenko taking advantage early with a slow, methodical pace, really working the left leg of I, Scotty Tuhati. Yeah, that was one of my first notes, that he really, really worked the leg, which I like that. I like a match built around one limb or one body part or just one anything. It just adds to the story, makes it feel like... It just makes a wrestler feel smart. And Dean Malenko was always a really smart technical wrestler. Exactly. Taking, you know, different submissions and a lot of uh, just... Uh, Offense targeted to that leg. Uh, it, a lot of the match was Malenko in control with Scotty getting a couple of moves and a couple of pops here and there yep. before uh, Dean Malenko would take control again. Yes. Lots of close roll-ups. Um, Scotty eventually comes back uh, with some offense. Uh, the worm was involved. Yes. Uh, but at the end of the day, the way this thing ended... Um, Scotty got him up on the top, but Malenko countered with a DDT off the top rope. That was crazy. A hell of a way to finish this thing. It looked like a brain buster almost. Yeah. A crazy finish, which I think looked great. Scotty Tuhati sold great when he hit the move. It was a really good ending to a really good match. I give it four stars out of five. Yeah, again, I'm just below you again, 3.75. So three and three quarters. A really good match. And real quick before we move on, to answer a question you had, earlier about the light heavyweight title there were i have a list here according to wikipedia there were one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen light heavyweight champions and one of those was gilbert who held it for 448 days so basically they gave it to him and they forgot about it i guess and they just kept it. him off air and, for uh he lost it to sa rios on sunday night heat in february Oh, my goodness. Oh, they treat the 24-7 title better than that. At least it's on TV. Yeah. Sunday Night Heat was on TV, but I think it was on a weird channel, if I remember right. Oh, I'm sure it was, but I mean, almost 500 days. (laughs) He loses it on Sunday Night Heat to S.A. Rios. Like, oh, Oh, God. Oh, my goodness. One thing I wanted to bring up real quick, we were talking before we started recording. We were talking about Dean Malenko. Did I already talk about this? Were we recording or... um... About Malenko being the 97 yes, PWI did. Wrestler of the Year. Yeah, yeah, you did tell me that right before we started. That's crazy. It's deserved. Yeah. He's a really good wrestler. In WCW, I think he ha- he made his return. He was in a feud with Jericho with that legendary list thing. Yeah. And um, 
Jericho's had a lot of gimmicks with Liss, as I say, just mentioning that. Yeah. Um, but he, like, took off his mask to reveal it was him, and I can't remember the exact, like, scenario what happened, but the crowd popped huge for that. He's just a great wrestler, sinfully underrated. Absolutely. So, so good. But, yeah, so good match, and, um, yeah, good match, pretty. Del- Malenko retains. He held the title for a good while, too. Uh, then backstage we see the Malenko sitting with the Stooges, Patterson and Briscoe. Uh, they promised the McMahons that they were all they were going to be all hands on deck because they needed to yes. be for the main event. And this is kind of where they started teasing Austin's not going to be there. Like they said, all hands need to be on deck. And pretty much, yeah, just the Stooges. So this was a all. reuniting in storyline with the Stooges and McMahon. Oh, really? I did not know that. Yeah, I, I don't know what. Ha- I don't know if they were just off TV for a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were back with Vince in mm-hmm. his corner. Now Triple H and Stephanie together, which was obviously, as we all know, a real life thing turned into a storyline yeah. somewhat. Um, but yeah, so quick segment there into match number three, Bull Buchanan. I kind of forgot <laughs> about this is how Bull came out initially on the main roster. Um, I know. Ta- tagging with Big Boss Man to take on the APA. Yeah, I, this was not great. <laughs> no, it Pretty wasn't. Um, this might have been, well, let me look. I'm almost thinking uh, absolutely the worst match on the card. I didn't love the yeah. Deadlies versus TNA, but I think at least that had a story. This was Well, just, that was the big thing about yeah. that was the story. This was just here this could have been on heat (laughs) yeah this this didn't have to be on the card but uh apa controlled early boss man and bull buchanan kind of came on later in this match uh boss man used the nightstick to his advantage on i believe okay it was bradshaw which led to the ending bull buchanan scissor kicked off the top rope onto jbl for the pin great move i will say that which was a it was a nice ending to a mediocre match at best i feel like this could have been on raw or even this didn't really this could have shortened the pay-per-view a little bit it was fine i guess i gave it a star and a half it was just there i'm a little above you i gave it 1.9 i couldn't go two or above for for sure yeah um, but eight eight minutes thirty seven seconds yeah. was the time it took for Bossman and Buchanan to yeah. get her done. Yeah, kind of, kind of sad what Farouk did after the Nation of Domination. Yeah, so this well, you know, I. So he was the leader of the nation. Then this, he kind of, in a lot of ways, was second fiddle to Bradshaw. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, Bradshaw is the one who won the world title in WWE. Mm, yeah. Now, but yeah, his whole damn gimmick was kind of cool I later on. But da- Even when he comes out now and just says damn, I love it. it it's, it's a comic relief. Very easy for him to do. I'm sure he doesn't mind getting a check to say, know, say one to word. to walk up to someone and say damn. He'd mm. do great for like the 24-7 title. Basically. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So... Nothing really much else to say about that. Backstage, we see the Hardy Boys saying that uh, Matt Hardy says something like, I know we're brothers, but I'm going to beat you up if I get to win the Hardcore title. Uh, and then Hardcore and Crash Holly say the same thing, but yeah. Hardcore Holly's like, hey, man, just, even though we're cousins, I'm going to really enjoy beating you up tonight. It was good. Just a little uh, comedic interview before the next match. The Hardcore Championship, Crash Holly defending against Hardcore Holly, Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, Perry Saturn, and Taz with two Zs. 
not uh, with Taz with two Zs because he was, I think, just one Z in ECW, but they added the second when he came to WWF. Just for that extra oomph. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, a six pack challenge six pack. for the hardcore title, which the, uh, the year 2000 probably really prime time for the hardcore title. I would say so. Yeah. The stipulation for this match was weird, though, because you were only allowed to pin Crash. To win the title, the announcer said that a couple times, and the whole the whole twelve minutes was literally just people beating the crap out of Crash Holly. No, I how I, I didn't catch like why was that the stipulation? Why couldn't you pin know. anybody? That's the rule for a six pack challenge. But no, no, this time the announcer said several times like you're only allowed to pin Crash, and this was the, the result of that was five people beating the hell out of him for twelve minutes. Right, uh, uh, right early off in this match they this match went up the rampway into the onto the uh the entryway where if those of you listening can picture this uh the backlash uh backdrop consisted of those weird swinging they're kind of hooks like hooks yeah. um so anyways it was jeff hardy in one of the hollies i believe was it crash dangling it off could have been one <laughs> of the hollies wound up dangling in midair but I already got Edge and Christian wrong, so who knows? Yeah, I thought it was Jeff, because you know, whichever Hardy it was took yeah. a hell of a leap from the top, well, damn near the top of that thing, yeah. for a nice little spot there. because cool all guys were just waiting there. That was cool. I liked it. You know, in this, there was a pretty, I, I liked how they did this match as far as, there was teamwork between guys, but at the same time, there yeah. was a lot of backstabbing, too, because it was every man for himself. Yeah, I really enjoyed Taz in this match. I think he was kind of cool, just like, you know, he wasn't really teaming with anybody. He was just kind of beating everybody up. Taz is great. I think he's always been a really good wrestler, and yeah. he, it's just kind of sad. He never, aside from his debut when he beat Kurt Angle, he never really did much other than chase the hardcore title. Yeah, not really, which is, I mean, until he transitioned into commentary, which you, I, which he, I, I liked him better in commentary than some. I don't think... There's a lot of guys better at that job than he is, Um, but it's too bad he, he, I mean, he really could have been like a hell of an intercontinental champion or something. He could. Um, I could even see him like probably not winning, but Taz and Stone Cold in some sort of hardcore match would have been cool, I think. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't as, you know, he's kind of a shorter guy. He was He was stocky. He's he's a stocky brute, um, that New York attitude, which is great, but... I, that's why I, you know, it's hard to put him in a main event picture just because he was a little smaller than guys like Triple H and so it's Undertaker. Quite sad because his son is obviously the greatest professional wrestler of all time. So it is kind of hard to be in your son's shadow. Well, of course, true, true. <laughs> yeah. So this was good. It was it was messy, but I think it was cool. Just some fun spots. Just six guys beating each other up. Yep. Jesus, Crow did Crash just get the absolute crap kicked out of him? But then it all paid off because. The <laughs> the ending was Taz had the Taz mission on Crash, but Perry Saturn came in and cracked um, Taz in the head with a stop sign. Yep. I can't remember who, but someone took Perry Saturn out, and I think it was the Hardys, and they started brawling with him, and then Crash rolled over on Taz, and he won. And he, he retained got, the title he retained by... retained the title by 
barely, just barely, he kept the title. I like that whole sequence because, one, Saturn using the stop sign, that was reminiscing of his days in uh, Raven's Flock. Yes. But that was their huge thing was hitting people with stop signs. And then Crash, simply all he had to do was take a beating and at the end of the day, <laughs> flop over and Rolled lay his arm across Taz. Won. It was great. For the pin, that's a classic way for a heel to cowardly win a yeah, match after getting his ass kicked. The crowd popped for it, too. Uh, good match. I liked the finish. I kind of liked ta- uh, Crash being a chicken crap heel, just kind of just lucking his way into retaining the title. I give the match three stars out of five. I think it was a little messy, but I enjoyed watching it. I was lighter than you on my... Well, I can see three. I did two and two, uh, two and a quarter. Yeah. Um, overall, it was not bad, but not... Um, not five stars by any stretch of the imagination, but it was a good little um, car, uh, a fun little whatever it was in the middle of the show. Yep. To get six guys on the card. Yep. Get everybody. It, it was fun for sure. Backlash payday. Uh, another backstage interview where we saw Shane McMahon in his referee uh, shirt saying that he was going to just saying he was going to be the referee, which we already knew. Uh, the coach had an interview with him saying like, "Hey, like you're going to be biased. You're refing for your dad's like uh, the guy who's fighting in the main event. Your dad is managing him, and he's your brother-in-law." And Shane promised he was going to call it down the middle, and that was pretty much that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then match number five. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. It was the showster versus Kurt Angle. <laughs> oh, so when <laughs> I thought it was, I forgot all about this whole big show gimmick. So uh, when they started showing the video package, yeah, he was having a little bit of fun. All right. <laughs> oh, so the, the video package shows him initially in a wig dancing and then he was Val Venus <laughs> At some point, you know, doing the hello lady thing. And, I can't. <sighs> and then I think uh, they said Shane McMahon said to Kurt Angle, like, you want to have some gold? Why don't you go win the tag titles with Big Show? Yeah. And on SmackDown, Kurt Angle slapped Big Show, which led to Big Show just murdering him. Yep. And I guess that was his gimmick, that he wanted to have fun. He wanted to be laid back. But if you pissed him off, he was going to murder you. Right. Um. But, yeah. <laughs> so that's what started this yeah. feud. Yeah. Um, Kurt Angle came out. He got some nice hometown heat. Because he's a great, he's a great heel. I love Kurt Angle. Now this was uh, the era too. Kurt Angle, pretty much music hits, come down the ramp a little ways, then immediately with a microphone just yes. running his mouth. He hated every hometown. Ever. Yeah, so, it's like MJF today. It's just so good. You know, of course they were in Washington D.C. Yeah. He had things to say about the president, Ripped on and, politicians. Uh, it was great. Yep, and then here come <laughs> Hulk Hogan's music hits, and here comes a. Seven foot guy in yellow trunks with Pulled a fake white high, yeah, white high in a <laughs> with a wig that was basically duct taped on. It was uh, it and the the shirt said the showster, <laughs> and the crowd didn't react when Real American hit at all, which shocked me. But then when uh, the showster started talking, they popped huge when the showster started doing anything yeah uh just i mean geez wwf be a little more subtle that you don't care about wcw right i wonder if they were worried about wcw at the time in april in april of 2000 i don't think so no No. i was joking but could you imagine someone could you imagine i don't know seth rollins coming out to hangman's theme song like that's just crazy Yeah. yeah so hogan comes there i was about to say hogan comes down hogan's theme hits big show comes down because they still own real American and Big Show does all the what you gonna do, brother? I'm gonna run wild on you. 
And they proceed to have a three-minute match, which Big Show wins clean. Yeah, so uh, uh, 235. 235. 235, so the shortest match on the show. By a margin. By quite a bit. Uh, it, briefly, for maybe the first minute, minute and a half, uh, Kurt Angle works uh, one of the legs of the Big Show. Doesn't last long. Show throws him off of him. Leads into a choke slam. Uh, Big Show wins uh, basically a squash match. One of my favorite things is when uh, he hit the leg drop and Kurt Angle kicked out. Uh, There was something like uh, Big Show was playing to the crowd. And Jim Ross goes, that's the biggest reaction real Americans gotten in years. Oh, God. It was great. Uh, I think it was cool, Big Show coming out of Showster. It was a weird gimmick, but I think, you know, Big Show didn't really have anything else going on. But Kurt Angle being squashed, I can't get on board with that just because I love Kurt Angle so much. And that yeah. was kind of hurtful to me well, to see him get squashed like that. I agree, but, uh, you know, this was also Kurt Angle had only been around, like, months at this point. I know, he debuted the- at, what, Survivor Series 99? Yeah, somewhere in the fall of 99. And, you know, so, and he was very, very heel at this point. And and I think it wasn't a bad squash, especially, you you couldn't, anything beyond the year 2000, or later this year in 01, 02, 03, 04, you don't squash Kurt Angle. No. (laughs) No. This match, I I got it. Um, You know, uh, Super, super heel at this point. Um, my, it was, it, the whole thing was supposed to be funny, I thought. Yeah, I think it was good. I didn't hate it. I didn't mind the story. I just can't really get on board with Kurt Angle being st- squashed. I gave it a star because it wasn't much of a match. I gave it two just because I, I like to see Big Show dance. I thought that was great. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> um, so, backstage, Michael Cole conducts an interview with Trish Stratus with TNA where Trish says like she likes Bubba because he can express his feelings. And then we see... Devon and Bubba Ray were watching the no Bubba Ray was watching the interview from another TV. <laughs> that was kind of that. I know that was like very simple, but I popped for that. Yeah, that was just great. Bubba creepily staring at a monitor. <laughs> <laughs> and then Devon's like yelling at him, like, "We got to get in the game. Stop getting over this beach blonde bimbo or something yep. like that." Yeah, and he said, "It's time to testify," which is some nice. Uh, some nice Reverend Devon foreshadowing. There was a lot of that in this segment yep. and stuff. So match number six, the Dudley Boys versus TNA with Trish Stratus. Yep. Uh, this, this whole <laughs> thing was really about Bubba and Trish. Yeah. And right be- before the match even, be- before the whole backstage thing even started, I believe it was, uh, you know, JR said something about, when this next contest is all about wood. <laughs> <laughs> So at this uh, point in time, though, Bubba had already put Mae Young, Lita, and yeah, a know. handful of other women through and it's tables. It's actually quite funny because his gimmick was that he liked to put women through tables, and he was the babyface going into this match. Yeah. Oh, the, that odd, psychotic Bubba Dudley back then was hilarious, oh, in I'm my sure. opinion. I'm sure. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I, you know, there was nothing spectacular about the, especially for a Dudley Boys tag team match. 
Yeah, and it was T, but TNA are not great. I True. Don't know if so when we say TNA, folks, it was uh, not, Test and Albert. Not TNA. <laughs> no. Yeah, not not the promotion. No, um, T and A. Test yeah. and Albert. I don't think either of them are that good, and the Dudley Boys are great, but they're not, you know, the people to carry these guys to a five star. Mm-hmm. It was fine, I guess. Bubba Ray got a huge reaction when he started yelling, "I'm gonna get you, you." I'm not gonna say it, but he was yelling at Trish Stratus. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So he got a big baby face reaction, and match was, yeah, how long was it? It was 11. 11.06. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. According to Wikipedia, uh, Tess and Albert got the win after Trish was distracting Bubba, yep. which led to a big boot from mm-hmm. Tess, which I don't like Tess, but he's got a hell of a big boot. I'll give him that. Yep. And TNA got the win. After the match, there was some, like, back and forth Trish Stratus, like, she, like, kissed Bubba to avoid going through a table, and Bubba was in his, like, like, he couldn't move state, but then as she turned around all cocky, he grabbed her hair and yep. he put her in a powerbomb position. Devon set up a table and he powerbombed her through the ladder. I mean the table. Yeah. And then it got off the second rope. I, I believe so, off yeah. the second turnbuckle. And then it got really weird. Yep. So hell of a pop. Uh, really through really the table pop. goes Trish and Bubba sold it so, so good. good. That just when he would do the powerbomb and just that blank stare into yeah. the distance, that psychotic stare that Bubba would do was hilarious. And uh, meanwhile, Trish, um, we wait for the EMT. Really and... weird because she's supposed to be the heel, and the crowd was popping for her to go through the table. And then, like, they showed a camera of her getting wheeled into a an ambulance, which mm-hmm. was kind of weird. It kind of sucked the energy out of the room for a minute there. Yeah, was... back in this day, ambulances. I think. I think. Vince probably just owned one to keep, oh, I keep bet. backstage. Sure. That's, the, I watched, like I said, I watched the pay-per-view after this. There was a uh, big show in an ambulance, and I even watched King of the Ring, which was the following pay-per-view. And I can't remember who, but someone did go in an ambulance. So mm-hmm. that was kind of the thing back then. Yep. Yeah, so I think the match was not that good. The story was, <laughs> I, there wasn't too much. I think this was probably the weakest point of the show. I gave it a star out of five because I don't think I am the match way ahead great. of you. Really? Now, hear me out. It wasn't because <laughs> of the match, it was because of the story. I gave it a 3.5. The story of Trish Stratus going through a table. The well, just story. the whole, uh, the build between her and Dubba. Uh, Dubba. Bur- Bubba, sorry. I cannot speak <laughs> Listen, today. Listen, you just merged Devon and Bubba. It's fine. It happens. So, but no, I just, it's still iconic to this day. I mean, yeah. you can still find segments of them to all over the place. Yeah. And, you know, I just thought it was, the story was well written and the finish where Bubba Finally got his hands on her. Yeah. Even a three five is probably a little high. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I just I don't know that I pop for that hard. Um, but yeah, the match itself was like a one point five. Match it was not really much at all. Yeah. Um. So next match. So before the next. So as Tristratus is being wheeled into the EMT, we see Eddie Guerrero and China all dressed in a nice tux and a dress, and we see a little video package earlier in, earlier in the night that Eddie Guerrero. Eddie passed, he got his GED or something like that, and uh, he got to go to a prom for some reason, despite being a full-grown adult. I want to go to a prom as a 32-year-old That would be great, sure. Who's going to take me? Ladies? Ladies, if you're listening, I'm I'm free. (laughs) He's free. (laughs) 
yeah. So they come up uh, all dressed in a pro- in prong prom wear, and a referee runs up to Eddie Guerrero, and he's like, "You're late for your match." And Eddie's like, "Fine, I'll just wrestle in my tux." So Eddie and China go down to the ring in their tux and dress. Eddie takes off his shirt, but he doesn't take off his bow tie, which I loved. I loved yeah. the bow tie stayed so on. Much. And he like even during the match, it got screwed up, and instead of taking it off, he put it back in position. Yep. it was great. Like a gentleman. Like a gentleman. <laughs> so, which led into our next match of the European Championship being defended. Eddie. Guerrero with China, which I'll talk about them, that pairing in a minute, yeah. versus S.A. Rios with Lita, which was, like, kind of weird to see. I yeah. Didn't know they, I didn't know they really did a thing. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, the match itself was fine, but I real quick want to talk about the whole Mamacita, Eddie Guerrero, and China thing. I think that was great. I thought that really, was good. Uh, really Ch- China good. just wanted some Latino heat. I know. She wa- she couldn't stand the Latina heat, as she, or Latino heat, as she said in the video package. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. The crowd was really, really into Eddie and China. Like Eddie was crazy. hot back then, yeah. I mean, Eddie's great. He's always one of the greatest of all time, for mm-hmm. sure. Match was solid. Nothing crazy. There was a really good-looking moonsault to the outside. Like, uh, not through, but onto the announce table or something. Was that this? I, I wrote it in my notes somewhere here. The moonsault wasn't... Are you talking... Was it Lita that did? Lita came off the top at yeah, one point. Yeah, there was something. I'm and she didn't go through a table, but she smacked her head yeah, kind of reason, off. I the, haven't written it in my notes but I feel like I remember a moonsault or something like that. I could be thinking about something totally different. No, you're probably right. I'm yeah. just I'm mistaken here. Yeah, but so match was fine. Nothing really crazy, but I think it was good. Yeah, I gave it a 1.75. You could, I think, label this uh, anywhere from a 1.5 to 2.5. I gave it um, 2.5. Yeah. I think I liked it more. It was not the best match ever, but I enjoyed it for what it was. I'm just a huge fan of Eddie and China. Yeah. I've never been, like, I haven't watched too much of the Attitude Era, but I've always known about them, and I've seen a lot of their segments and i just think they were great they worked so good together oh absolutely uh yeah uh eddie won after a while and yeah and, and he finished this match with an airplane neck breaker yeah i think it was i can't his finisher in wcw was the gory special i think is what he called it mm-hmm. and it was a pretty similar looking move to that yeah so eddie retains here um yeah. And then controversy after somehow China winds up in her bra and panties <laughs> and she, because hey, it's the year two thousand and yeah. we can't go very long without yes. seeing a female getting exactly. stripped down to almost right. nothing, right? But then she just kind of like taunts. She's like, "Yeah, look at me. You know you love it." It was great. <laughs> Crowd popped huge for it. Yeah. Uh, so I think match is fine. Uh, backstage again, we see the McMahons with the WWF champion Vince McMahon, and this was a very big segment with the structure of the show. Yeah. Vince McMahon saying that tonight. He says that he's very sorry, but no one's seen Austin, and he has heard rumors that he has travel issues, and um, he just pretty much says Austin's not going to be here because he's got travel issues, which was very key to later in the show. Right. Uh, backstage one more time for our next match, we saw Chris Benoit with the Intercontinental Championship saying that he's going to show Jericho and everyone here tonight that he is the better man. Which led into match number eight, Chris Jericho versus Chris Benoit for the Intercontinental title. Uh, before the match, Jericho came out and cut a nice promo to rile up the crowd about talking about uh, Chris Benoit. Benoit, Benoit yes, yes. Oh, that was great. Uh, yeah, so uh, this was a... What pay-per-view did we review? Was it actually, it might have been Derek and I. 
Derek and I did you something. You had the Rumble 01 where they fought in the ladder match. Yes, right? okay, yes. okay. Yeah. So this was kind of an ongoing, that was almost a year after yeah. this match. They fought, like like I said, I watched the next pay-per-view. They fought again at that pay-per-view. Yeah. And they were still feuding at King of the Ring. They just didn't fight each other because Benoit was in the tournament. Mm. Um, but yeah, they've been, they feuded for a long time. But, but they why had not? matches. Yeah. They had really good matches. Why not? Yeah, there was some fun little Jericho talking about politicians, like how they were greasy and slimy two-faced and Jerry Lawler screams like Al Gore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Like> Al Gore. <laughs> oh, that popped me Global over. warming's not real. <laughs> that was so good. Oh, that popped me just because Jerry Lawler and his little squeaky voice, Al Gore. That was great. Uh, he was a VP at this time, wasn't he? I think he was. I don't really know too much, but yeah. That- Al Gore, um... So, uh, yes. He yeah, was, he was right? he was Bill Clinton. Or was it 2000 yeah. when George Bush... Well, that would have been in the um, fall of That's right. 2000. That's right. So he was so, technically the um, the VP at the time. So the match itself was very solid. I mean, it's two of the greatest um, technical wrestlers ever going at it for yeah. a good... How long was this match? 1503. Like yeah, 1503. Really good technical match. I think both guys were really good. They both used their submissions a lot in this match, which eventually led to their next month submission match. Right. And uh, it was good. The crowd was really, really hot. Every time Jericho locked in the walls, the crowd popped huge for that yep. one. Uh, so it was great. Really, really fun main event match. However, the ending, I did not love the ending. I'll be real. Well... Okay, why did you not like the ending? Uh, well, so the ending was Chris Benoit. He went from the top row. He brought in the IC title to try and use it, but the ref He hit it. Jericho first. He did? Yes. Okay, so I didn't notice that. But yeah. Anyway, so ref Benoit, was turned or distracted, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, I do remember that. So, uh, But the ref didn't see it. Chris Benoit, he used the distraction to go up top, hit the... Um, the flying hit headbutt. Hit the flying headbutt, which is kind of uncomfortable to watch today. Yeah. But Jericho rolled out of the way and like kind of picked up the title, and Benoit hit it with his head. Yeah. And the match went to a DQ, which was... Which not, means Benoit retained. Yes, which does mean Benoit retains. And he won by DQ, right? Or did he lose by DQ? So Benoit... Uh, how would... I don't... I wasn't paying yeah, so, attention. But, so that would have meant that... According uh, to Wikipedia, he won by DQ. Won by DQ because so, yeah, Jericho got, the, got DQ'd yeah, first. I mean, yeah. it's just kind of weird because he's the baby face. And Jer- Jer- uh, Jim Ross kind of played it off the second the match was over as like a, twi- a terrible decision. And then when Jerry Lawler explained it to him, he was like, okay, yeah, that's a good decision. Which was kind of weird because Jericho and Jim Ross are supposed to be the baby face commentators and wrestlers. Right. Uh, the match, I just... Uh, I feel like as a wrestling fan in 2022, I'm so conditioned to hate a DQ finish because they happen all the time now. I know this was on a pay-per-view, but I think this just helped bring the story forward, knowing they were going to keep these two together for the foreseeable future. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. I gave the match uh, three and a half stars out of five. I probably would have given it four, maybe even higher. I just am not a huge fan of the finish. I gave it three and a half. What about you? I gave it a 4.15 because I absolutely thought when you put these two together, you give these guys anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes. Yeah. It's going to be awesome every oh, yeah, single sure. time. Every, for sure. And regardless that it ended controversially, kind of screwing Jericho out of potentially winning the belt. Yeah. However, the fact that Jericho uh, put referee Tim White in the walls of Jericho yeah. uh, to, a, to a huge pop, pop uh, I, I thought made up for it yeah, little just... fun story mm-hmm. uh, I went to a show in Portland in 1999 so I would have been 9 years old I don't remember everything on the card but what I do remember is my dad took me after the show we went to a restaurant 
a couple towns out of Portland. Uh, we stayed in a hotel before we came back the next day. Yep. And I was sitting there, and Tim White was actually really? sitting uh, in the booth, like, across oh, from us. Oh, really? And being starstruck at nine years old. Man, that, that guy's a rat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm Oh, at, my God, um, Tim White. Oh, my God. When I was, I went to a house show one, a few years ago, and I ran into Charles Robinson there. That was really cool. Yeah. It was after the show. Legendary was, referee. Yeah, yeah, he was wrapping stuff up. He was, like, unscrewing the ring apron and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he, I was, like, standing at the apron trying to get his attention. And he, like, walked over to me, but I didn't see it. He walked over not to see me, but to, like, pick stuff up. Yeah. And I just turned around, and he was right there. So that was cool. <laughs> I was like, hey, man, how's it going? Yeah. That was cool. So, yeah, good match. Uh, not the best finish, but I do agree. The Tim, the Tim White Walls of Jericho was great. Uh, so one final interview backstage with The Rock where he said he doesn't know where Stone Cold is, but that doesn't matter because he made a promise to the people that he's going to walk out with the WWF Championship, and he has every intention to keep it. Which led to your main event of the evening, the WWF Championship, Triple H accompanied by Vince McMahon and Stephanie McMahon Helmsley versus The Rock with Stone Cold, but not just yet. <laughs> not just yet. So, uh, Vince McMahon comes out with Triple H. He's like, uh, he was holding this, like, pamphlet or whatever, like a magazine of some sort. Yeah. And he said that you should always read these things and you should read them carefully because it says very clearly, card subject to change. Uh, change. So yeah. he says Stone Cold's not going to be here. And The Rock comes out to a huge pop. And the crowd started chanting Austin when the match started, but then they got really behind The Rock. Yeah. He became, like, super over. I was kind of worried when it started that they were just going to make the match about Stone Cold. But, no, the crowd was really behind the rock during this match. He got a huge pop when he came out. And the match was really good. It was a really, really good match. I like the story of Shane McMahon being the referee, which I didn't even mention when I introduced the match. But Shane was the special guest referee. He was just being, like, a douche. Like, Triple H, uh, the rock would hit, like, a DDT when Triple H, like, five minutes into the match. But Triple H would just lay there being cocky because he knew he didn't have to kick out because right. she was the ref um and yeah so triple h and they there was a lot of good healing in this match uh the rock at one point took uh shane and triple h outside and hit a double rock bottom yes the table which was really so cool. that's what i was gonna say pretty back and forth through the now do you have the time on the match it was around 20 minutes according to wikipedia 1922 right so kind of back and forth cut and dry typical triple h and rock match it was um Triple H, slow, methodical heel pace. It would get going a little bit when The Rock would pick up. They fought on the outside on a few occasions. Where the match turned, Shane uh, refused to count for The Rock off a DDT. Mm -hmm. That's when uh, it started to get good as far as the story went. Rock hits Shane. uh, He just clubbed Shane. They battle outside. Triple H sets up a pedigree on the table, reversed it somehow into a rock bottom. Shane tries to stop the rock bottom from happening. So yeah. he, Rock said, screw it. <laughs> I'm going to do both Shane. of Yeah, I'm going to get both of you at once. <laughs> oh, that was great. Which leads into Vince coming down, him and The Rock have an altercation. Triple H throws a low blow. Don't forget about the Stooges. The Stooges come out at, dressed as referees. <laughs> The Rock uh, kicks out of a bunch of uh, different roll-ups. Uh, you know what um, really popped me was uh, Vince McMahon. At one point, Triple H was like holding him up. and uh, No, I think it was the Stooges. And uh, Vince had a chair, and he hit The Rock with it and then tripped over The Rock. Yes. Oh, he, I lo- he can't sell for the life of and, him. And right after uh, Vince hit The Rock, <laughs> here comes Austin to oh, a 
thunderous my pop. My God. One of the biggest pops I've ever heard. Just, oh, huge. They huge. lost their mind when that happened. Yes. So here comes Austin. And as JR would famously say, he's walking. He's talking. And then he <laughs> proceeds to hit, what, six guys with oh, a chair? every single person. I mean, Except it was Shane Rock, Vince, both the Stooges. Did he hit Stephanie? He, he was just swinging for the fences. Uh, no, he didn't hit he Stephanie. He didn't hit it Stephanie. It was Linda who hit Stephanie. Right, right. So <laughs> then Austin... Clears house, exits stage left. Linda comes out with Earl Hebner. Who had been fired previously. Rock, The Rock hits the rock bottom. Earl Hebner gets sent in by Linda. The Rock is the new WWE champion. Yeah, WWF champion. Rock, WWF yeah. champion. Uh, rock celebrates. You think the pay-per-view's over. Stone Cold comes out in a D, in that DX Express van that he destroyed the previous Towing episode of the, the DX Express uh, that he had uh, uh, previously destroyed. Yeah. And all is well in the world. Yes, really, really good finish to the show. I've given the match four stars out of five. I think it was a really, really good match. And it got, like, like the Stone Cold Pop was insane. The Rock was the right result. I really, really enjoyed it. I gave that match four and a quarter. Four and a quarter. That's uh, I think everything, uh, really good match. Wasn't one of the best matches of all time, but very, very good. I really And the story was excellent. Yes, I completely agree. Yeah. So, and overall, I think I've been hearing a lot of good things about this pay-per-view, but I've never actually seen it myself until now. So I finally watched it, and I can confirm it is absolutely one of the greatest B-shows of all time. Yep. So, so good. Very Top good. Top to bottom. I did not love the whole uh, Boss Man and Bo Buchanan match, yeah. and I didn't love the Dudleys versus TNA, but other than that, I mean, everything was really good. The opening tag match of Edge and Christian versus the Dudleys was great. Malenko and Scotty Too Hotty was really good. Possibly uh, uh, exceeded expectations. Absolutely, and possibly the yeah. best entering match of the night. Yep. Uh, the hardcore match, I liked it. It was messy, but I did enjoy it. I did not love Kurt Angle being squashed with the showster. I think that was a funny little gimmick. Yep. Uh, let's see what else happened. Eddie versus S.A. Rios was a fine match, but I just love the whole Eddie Guerrero and China thing. Right. Jericho and Benoit, really good technical match. And, of course, that yeah, main event. That, that's going to hit every time. Incredible. Such a good match. So, yeah. overall, the whole show, top to bottom, I've given the whole show. It wasn't perfect, but I've given the show four stars out of five. I, w- I'm, I will agree with you. Yeah. I think that's a solid way to rate this is, yeah. is saying four. Now, even, you know, not every match on every wrestling show is going to be great. So, but if you intertwine storylines which they did better than anybody at that point in time or ever for that matter um just top to bottom the entire show was very entertaining really really it actually it exceeded my expectations for sure yeah absolutely the card like when looking at it doesn't look spectacular but i think it was a really good show yeah on paper you wouldn't think it would have been that good but it really um was well strung together good storylines really good yeah well alrighty. so that uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, concludes episode numero 17. If you haven't already uh, followed us on Instagram, find me at Wrestling With Attitude. Uh, you can listen to this podcast through Apple, Spotify, Anchor, Lots of a, a bunch of stuff I can't even remember. It's on <laughs> a bunch of platforms. Um, 
Uh, my buddy Nick Coleman here. Uh, you want to promote your page real quick? I would love to. You could go check out me on a couple places. You could go find me on TikTok at the Wrestling Life Thirteen, all lowercase, no spaces. You can find me on YouTube, just the Wrestling Life. We do some cool content. I do a weekly AEW review. I do some fantasy booking. I'll do review reviews and predictions for pay per views. And it's if you want to hear more of my lovely self, you can go check those out. Bam! There it is, folks. There so. We are. We're uh, about a week out from Backlash 2022. I hope you guys enjoy that. And uh, want to see that show? If you do want to hear our review of that show, then just go watch our WrestleMania review. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. But until next time, folks, thank you for listening yet again. Zip it up and zip it out.